0: Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and we are in Chapter 6 of the podcast talking about lambda encodings. So, today I would like to talk a little bit about and introduce the most basic and initial, uh, historically initial lambda encoding, called the Church Encoding, due to Alonzo Church, the inventor of the lambda calculus. And, as I mentioned, I think, before, Church was interested in The problems of foundations of mathematics and logic, and he was looking for some kind of foundational theory based on lambda calculus for mathematics. And for this purpose, he needed to be able to represent that most basic of all mathematical objects, the natural number, as uh, a lambda term. And so he came up with an encoding that, uh, a lambda encoding, a functional encoding that does that. So I'd like to introduce the basic idea of this today and then develop it a little more probably in a subsequent episode. So, the basic idea of the church encoding is, uh, from a functional programming perspective, it's actually rather easy to explain, is that we're going to, you know, we were speaking before about what's the, with the functional encoding, we have to decide what's the interface that the data is going to provide for computation. And so the the church encoding says that the interface is fold right. <laughs> if you are f- if you're familiar with the functional programming uh, combinator fold right, uh, the most you know it's most often used for lists. Let's say, but that's as as the most popular, most widely used, and in in some ways badly used <laughs> data structure in functional programming. So, if you're familiar with fold write, then the church encoding just says we are going to represent data as their own fold right functions. Okay. Now, just in case you're not super familiar with fold write or want to hear a little more about how that works as a you know functional represents functional encoding, so for uh, natural numbers, okay, let's let's say for lists. You know, let's start with lists because maybe we can rely on some of our functional programming intuition for how this works. So with lists, fold right says you're given a list, and you can compute a f- compute something over that list if you provide a value for the base case, that is for the empty list, and if you provide kind of a combining function that takes the, results, the result you've computed for the tail of the list, and it takes the head of the list, and then gives you back the result for the, the cons of the head, cons onto the tail. Okay, so in other words, fold right. if you've got a list and want to compute a value, let's say you have a list of As and you want to compute a value of type B, then fold right says you need to give me a value of type B for the base case and you need to give me an A to B to B function for the cons case. What's that again, A to B to B? In other words, it takes in the head of type A it takes in not the tail, but the result that you've recursively computed for the tail. So that will have type B. And then in, then this combining function which you, the person who's trying to write a function by fold write, must provide, or get to provide, this combining function then has to produce the value from the head and the value for the tail, now produce the value for the cons node. Okay. So um, there are lots of simple examples of things you can compute using a fold right on lists. Like for example, let's say you wanted to compute the sum of all the numbers in a list. Okay, so you've got a list of NATs, list of natural numbers. Then your base case would be zero, okay, because the sum of the empty list is zero. And your combining function, if we if we have the head, which is a number, and we've recursively computed the sum of the tail, right? So we have so like head I mean, what would be the sum of the cons node, of the head constant to tail? Well, it would be the head plus the sum of the tail. So the combining function, uh, you can actually just supply plus as the combining function. Plus will have the correct type, which is nat to nat to nat. Because in this example, A is nat, because it's a list of nats. And B is nat, because we're trying to compute a nat from the list. So it gives you, you know, to write a summation of a list of numbers... In uh, using fold right is actually really sweet because you just write fold right plus zero. A little cryptic, but very short and point free. Since we were talking about that back uh, a while back, it's point free because I just apply the fold right combinator to these two functions. I don't mention, I don't need to give a name to my input list that I want to do anything with. Um, so that's a fold right, and you know, so that's a. I guess you, you know sometimes the. One can feel like the details, technical details of these lambda encodings can be, you know, you can get lost a little bit in them. But at a high level, really, it's like, well, again, we're we're gonna represent the data as a function that's providing some interface that the rest of the world outside of the data can use to compute. And fold right is um, a pretty great interface. You know, there's lots of functions you can write using a fold write. Uh, in fact as we'll discuss more, this is categorically, this is a corresponds to a so-called catamorphism. These have been studied quite a bit in the literature on functional programming, the research literature on functional programming. And in fact, there's a nice, very nice paper by Graham Hutton, who's also the author of a really nice Haskell book that I'm teaching from and will be teaching from in, goodness, 25 minutes. I hope the <laughs> lunchtime traffic will let me get through. You know, small town of Iowa City, but still we do have traffic just like a big city. Um, so uh, our traffic is just a lot shorter in in distance and duration. Uh, anyhow, um, he has a paper called, I think it's called something like The Power of Fold or something like this. I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot the exact title. But he talks about it and actually proves some theorems about the expressive power of catamorphisms, of fold, right? And so in general you can write a pretty you can give natural expression to a pretty nice class of recursive functions using fold write. So as sort of a, a basic candidate for a, a pretty good interface to data, fold write is is pretty, you know, pretty sensible. And that's what uh, church encoding of course invented before category theory, <laughs> before functional programming. I mean, or can you I guess you say Simultaneous with functional programming, since if you consider Lambda Calculus the first functional programming language, which you may not, I mean, maybe Lisp, which adopted and mutilated, sorry, ideas from <laughs> Lambda Calculus, uh, was, is maybe has a better claim to be the first functional programming language, because Lambda Calculus was really intended as sort of a logical theory, not so much a programming language. Um, again, we have some sort of chronological questions about programming languages at that early stage of computing. In the 30s and 40s, we, we had a computer or two. They were big, slow. Anyhow, um, and we didn't have. We weren't programming them with higher level languages at that point. So, anyhow, uh, yeah. So, so that's the basic idea of the church coding. And so, for, um, you know, so. Now we just have to talk about, that's the interface that church encoding wants to provide to you. And of course, we also should distinguish at this point, the church encoding itself, as devised by Alonzo Church, is an untyped encoding. I mean, that's, it's just, we represent numbers as untyped lambda calculus terms, and we don't have typing for them. And it was later, in the 70s or so, when people realized or proposed or devised typed versions of these. Of the church encoding, for example. Uh, I mean, not for example. That, that was the only... I think that was the only lambda encoding that was known at that time. There are some exotic lambda encodings in Barendrecht, and I think Wadsworth has a paper about exotic lambda encodings. I would have to double-check some of this, But definitely in Barendrecht you can find um, Barondrecht's uh, 1980s book on the lambda calculus, intimidating reference volume on the lambda calculus. There are some funky lambda encodings. At least... I know there's at least one weird lambda encoding for the numbers besides the church encoding. But anyway, so we started with untyped church encoding, and eventually people figured out that we could type it, and that, that's really useful. And that's like we want, you know, for something like Sedeel, uh, or for modern, I think, typed programming, we'd like to have a typed version of these kind of lambda encodings. So we have to talk about, I mean, there the, we need to talk about what's the typed interface to the lambda encoding, and we can talk about that next time. And we also need to talk about Okay, that we've said the interface is fold right, so the the data is going to provide the fold right interface. Kind of, how does that work? I mean, how does the data do that? What does the data look like? Um, So we'll talk about all that stuff uh, probably in the next episode. Okay, so um, signing off here on a beautiful sunny day in Iowa. It's in the upper 30s. We're supposed to have nice weather, nice weather, and then like nine degrees for a day, and then up in the 40s again. Gotta love Midwest weather. Anyway, so thank you for listening, and I'll be back with another episode pretty soon.